Good morning. When will it end? It was the cry of the nations a hundred years ago as a world wearied by World War I and sickened by the 1918 flu pandemic struggled to move past the tragedies and start to rebuild their lives. When will it end? Were the screams heard from the starving islander under the occupation or the soldier in the trenches or the concentration camp detainee as another year moved towards its conclusion with no light in sight? When will it end? Shouts the frustrated parent in exasperation, the elderly relative shielding or the politician on the brink. Or maybe just you and me as we too struggle with the constraints of life in a COVID-19 world. When will it end? It will end when? Well, the scientists will look at graphs, won't they, and map out dates. The philosophers will debate what type of end do we mean? The epidemiological endpoint or the return to normalcy? The futurists will mysteriously gaze into their crystal ball and, like much crystal ball gazing, make in return a lot of money. Two men who stared this question of when will it end down the barrel were the American Admiral James Stockdale and the Jewish-Austrian Professor Viktor Frankl. Admiral Stockdale was the highest-ranking military officer in the Hanoi Hilton in the Vietnam War. He was imprisoned for seven years and tortured over 20 times. Viktor Frankl survived three years in infamous concentration camps in World War II, including Auschwitz and Dachau. In spite of everything both men faced, they survived to the end. Independently, they both came to the conclusion it will not end by being optimistic. As James Stockdale remarks, the optimists were the ones who said, we're going to be out by Christmas. Christmas would come and it would go and there would be another Christmas and they would die of a broken heart. Viktor Frankl saw similar, remarking how so many concentration camp prisoners died around Christmas. And tragically, perhaps most of all, the death rate increased beyond all previous experience in the week between Christmas 1944 and the New Year of 1945. In what became known as the Stockdale Paradox, James Stockdale identified the two reasons, not only why he survived to the end, but how he also used his circumstances to come out in the end a stronger and better person. The first reason, he said, was his ability to confront the brutal facts about the challenges he faced. Or to apply it to today's context of when will it end, namely when it will end. And the truth is, nobody knows. The second reason was Stockdale's ability to cling on to hope that he would find a path to get out alive despite the severity of his constraints. We could call it, as we heard in our Bible reading from 1 Thessalonians, a steadfastness of hope. Or to apply it in the context today of when will it end, namely it will end when. For many today, the hope of it will end when is completed by the words it will end when there is a vaccine. It is what many are living for. A jab in the arm to give us some immunity to get back to normality. 
it will be a great help. But what of the transition while we wonder when will it end? What sense of living is this? In the days of old, when the Israelites faced drawn-out suffocating situations to the end through slavery and banishment, many were attracted to the it-will-end-when-we-have-a-vaccine. Such a vaccine often meant the needle of a so-called friendly alliance with a foreign power or the delusion of seeking refuge in the sedative of an idol. But there were others, an occasional king and a few more prophets who urged the Israelites when facing life's trials and tribulations to put their hope not in a what or an unknown saviour, but a who known more closer to home. This who was the God of their origins, who they named him after. As the prophet Isaiah wrote, remember the rock from which you were hewn. And the hope in God who took an ancient barrenness couple called Abraham and Sarah to parent their ancestors. Or to quote Israel's greatest king, King David, who knew his fair share of lockdowns and shielding throughout his life and had reached the conclusion, as we heard in our psalm, Psalm 62, For God alone my soul waits in silence, for my hope is from him. Biblical hope isn't a definition from the dictionary of 20th century life of an if or a maybe of wishful thinking, but an expectant hope of what will happen with certainty, even when circumstances seem grim. Why? Because of who God is and what he has done. First, who God is. It's not strictly true that no one knows when it will end. For God alone does. And to quote King David again from our psalm, power belongs to him. The author of time has already determined the end point, and in the in-between, we are to wait in hope. And God is good for it. Why? Because second, because of what he has done. Here's David again. Not only does power belong to God, but also steadfast love. Despite Israel's unfaithfulness to their God, God's faithfulness and his love never wavered. It was because of God's unconditional love for Israel. And now as he sent his son to die for us, to neutralise the prototype pandemic, which affects all else, the virus of sin. And then to raise his son to new life, to inaugurate the resurrection life of the new creation. This is the hope we have. And it's our only hope. And do we need hope? With so much spoken and written at present about a virus which affects our breath of life. In the words of the 20th century Swiss reform theologian Emil Brunner, hope is to human existence what oxygen is to the lungs. Hope is to human existence what oxygen is to the lungs. It's a hope described in the Bible verses which surround the grave of no name. The grave of the unknown warrior. The random soldier plucked out of the fields in France and reburied with the kings on Armistice Day a hundred years ago in Westminster Abbey. But these verses describe how this hope has a name. Jesus Christ. It's a hope which is birthed in our lives in the death and resurrection of him. A past event which concerns the future and impacts the present. Hope has a name. 
And our call today, we could say our orders today, are to be people steadfast in hope, who are always spreaders, always carriers of Jesus Christ's love and faithfulness in the message of his death and resurrection. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.